Welcome to the Lifehouse Message Podcast. Please make sure to follow or subscribe to this so that you can get all the latest messages. We hope that you are inspired, empowered, and encouraged by the message today. Let's enjoy. Hey everybody, Adrian here from Lifehouse Church in Tokyo. And this is the last time that I get to share with you before my wife and I go on an amazing journey as we move to Bangkok and we are planning to plant Lifehouse Church in Bangkok in the future. So we're really excited for that next step of our journey. But I'm so pumped to be able to share the Word of God with you today. So it is uh, our Heart for Missions Sunday. And every single year, we as a, as a church, right across Lifehouse, as a global movement, we have the privilege of being able to sow generously into the incredible work of Tejas Asia in New Delhi, India. So I want to talk to you today about generosity. Generosity is such a big part of our life as followers of Jesus. Man, our God, our, our Father in heaven is so generous and we want to reflect that nature of God in the world that we live in, just living a generous life. So I want to start by asking you a question. Have you ever been inspired by a stingy person? You just saw somebody, maybe that, that one uncle that just is so stingy, just lives everything for themselves. They don't want to share anything. Or maybe it's a, a work colleague or someone in your university. They're just keeping everything for themselves. I'm, I'm sure you've never thought to yourself, man, I want to be like them. I want to be a stingy person. I don't think anyone's ever thought that. And, but I think, I'm, I'm sure every one of us have been inspired at some point or been impacted by somebody who has been generous in your life. I know in my life, I've been impacted by so many people. I've been impacted by wealthy people. People are incredibly wealthy and just generous. But I've also been impacted by people that are living in poverty and have been generous. Man, I've been, I've seen so many incredible examples of generosity. And I know that if I, when I see generosity, I'm inspired, man. I'm like, I want to be like those people. Nobody wants to be a stingy person. Yet, generosity is something that doesn't come naturally to us. Generosity isn't something that just uh, comes easy for us. And so I want to ask you a question today. I want to ask you, do you want to be more generous? And I'm sure the answer is yes. Uh, Do you want to grow in your generosity? Do you want to understand like what is the motivation? What should our motivation be to be more generous? So these are some of the questions we're going to dive into today as we explore this incredible truth of generosity because I know every one of us wants to grow in this area of generosity and now generosity is something that goes beyond just money money is a big part of it I really do believe generosity a big part of generosity is being uh, using your resources and giving generously but it's also generous in encouragement generous and in in um in um, just being a blessing to people in in every area of life. And so we're going to just really focus in on this incredible truth of generosity. So I want to look at a a story in the Bible. It's an incredible story of a community of people that were themselves going through a tough time in their life, and yet they gave incredibly generous. And so there's a few pieces to this puzzle. I'm going to bring a few pieces together and I'm going to paint this cool picture of this amazing community. So the first um, part of the puzzle comes from 
uh, the book of Acts. And so this was uh, we, the, the early church. So in, in the early church started in Jerusalem. So Jesus, he, he died and he rose again. And he had this group of 120 people that he had invested in. And he said to them, I want you to wait for the Holy Spirit in Jerusalem. And, and, and they waited and the Holy Spirit came and they started preaching. And 3,000 people got saved. And they started meeting each other's homes. And they had connect groups and they had dream teams. And they started reaching more people. It was there was so much new life and it was dynamic. The church was growing in the in this area of Jerusalem, and then, but something happened. There was persecution. The church, um, one one of the key leaders in the church was actually martyred for his faith, and this caused people to spread. Boom! And so they moved out of Jerusalem and started going up north and 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 all in different areas, and a whole group of people ended up in this area called Antioch. And now, as they went, the amazing thing is they, even though there was persecution, the church continued to move forward. People continued to share their story and uh, meeting new people and telling them what Jesus had done in their life. And, and new people were now believing in Jesus and the church was growing. And so this whole group of people went to Antioch and the church started growing in Antioch. And so they sent these two guys, Paul, um, and Barnabas, that these two guys went and they started teaching the people and helping these new believers grow in their faith. And, and after some time, some other people came from Jerusalem up to encourage the church. And this is where we pick up our story in Acts 11 verse 27. So during this time, uh, some prophets came uh, down from Jerusalem to Antioch. One of, them named, uh, one of them was named Agabus, and he stood up and through the Holy Spirit predicted a severe famine would spread over the entire Roman world. And this happened during the reign of Claudius. The disciples, as each was a, one, was able, decided to provide help for the brothers and sisters living in Judea. And this, uh, this, they, this they did, sending their gifts to the elders by Barnabas and Saul. And so what had happened was um, there's, as these guys came from Jerusalem, one of the guys, a, a prophet inspired by the Holy Spirit, shares this message, man, there's going to be a famine. We need to prepare. We need to get ready to help these people. And so the next part of the puzzle is that um, I just went on Google, looked, did a bit of searching in history, and um, because that scripture mentions that it was during the, 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 the rule of Claudius, the emperor Cla Claudius. And so if you Google that and you find out some, you do a little bit digging, you find out that Claudius was um, uh, the, the emperor of the Roman world during from 41 to 54 AD. So stay with me. It's a bit of history. But um, history tells us that there was a famine during his reign, that there was, uh, uh, because there was some natural disasters, there was drought, there was a bit of uh, um, economic and um, political instability, there was a bit of war. And so there's all these factors brought about um, an economic challenging time it sounds pretty much like the world we live in right now right there's a bit of eco economic challenges and the, re the reality is that when there was this economic challenge it was the poorest of the poor that got affected so those living in Jerusalem many of them were followers of Jesus were living in poverty and and there was a lack of food for them and which brought about malnutrition and really affected the people in that area and so this famine had uh, was not only for a little while it, it lasted for many years and so there was a lot of people suffering and and so 
the, the next part of the story was uh, now the church had continued to spread all the way around into modern day Greece, into areas like Corinth and uh, Mas- uh, the Macedonia and all of these areas like in the modern day Greece. And so news is continually spreading across that whole area to say that there are these people, the followers of Jesus living in Jerusalem in the Judea area and they're really suffering in this time of famine. So the churches got together, man. They were like, man, we need to help our brothers and sisters. We need to help them. And so many churches started giving. And now Paul, who was that guy who was in Antioch, he was one of those church leaders, he writes a letter to these guys in Corinth, okay, in another city. He's like, writes a letter to that church to encourage them to give. He's saying, hey guys, I want to encourage you to, to give towards this to help these guys in Jerusalem in the Judea area and so in his writing uh, as he's talking about generosity he's inspiring them and trying to help them understand generosity he uses an example of another community and this is the community I want to focus on today it's the the churches in this area called Macedonia so we're going to read in Acts chapter 8 verse 1 this is now Paul's letter, really encouraging this church to give. And he says, And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. In the midst of a severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up into rich generosity. Okay, just wait a minute. I don't know if, if you read that sentence or you heard me read that sentence. It didn't make sense, right? It didn't make sense. It's just like those words don't seem to fit well together. You've got the words extreme trial, um, severe trial, extreme poverty, overflowing joy, and rich generosity. They don't seem to fit together. But this is this is what happened. This was what was happening in this church. That the churches in Macedonia themselves were living were part of this famine. They were themselves. Um, being affected by it so they were facing first of all severe trials we don't know what those trials were but they were they had their own hardships they had their own uh, battles to fight in their own life man they had their bills to pay and there was their own economic and political turmoil happening in their cities and and yet uh, and at the same time they were also poor they weren't like a rich church it wasn't like a oh yeah we have a bit of spare change lying around they were poor people as well and yet um, in the midst of this, it says they overflowed with joy and rich generosity. <laughs> I think this is such an, a mind-blowing thing. And something was clearly happening amongst these people. Something was happening in this community of the Macedonian churches. And I remember um, uh, many years ago, um, um, when I was, my wife and I were still living in South Africa, one of the nations just north of South Africa is called Zimbabwe. Beautiful nation, amazing people. But there was also a famine. There was a political instability and the, the country was really suffering. And so it was amazing to see the churches in South Africa get together and people started giving generously. And our church that we are part of in South Africa started gathering all the, the food and putting these food parcels together. And 
different churches were coming up and taking food up. And I had the joy of, of being a part of one of those trips. And I remember we had like three cars, uh, big four-wheel drives, and we drove up to Zimbabwe and went to, went to this, one, um, this one village and we, we brought the food. And it was just a beautiful time. But I, I remember being so impacted by the generosity of these people. These were people that were suffering. They themselves were going through um, severe hardships and they were living in poverty and yet they overflowed with joy man I remember them always just being so full of joy we we had worship times together they were celebrating Jesus they were overflowing with joy and I remember them making meals for us man we came to help them and they were feeding us and and letting us stay in their homes and they were it was just an overflow of generosity and I was so inspired by them and and so we see something similar happening in the Macedonian churches, man. They were overflowing with generosity. Let's read on. I love this. In verse 3, it says, For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability. This is like incredible generosity. Entirely on their own, they urgently, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in the service to the Lord's people. This is mind-blowing. It wasn't like Paul had to twist their arm, please guys, please give. It wasn't like they sent a camera crew into Jerusalem and they were filming all the suffering people and made sure there was that, that one fly on the person's nose and they played dramatic music with this emotional music and they sent this media, this, this incredible video that had been well crafted of, with emotional music with a, if you only gave today, you can change somebody's life. They didn't have that. These people were begging Paul, saying, Paul, please, can we have the privilege of giving towards these people? They weren't being manipulated. They weren't being somebody who didn't have to twist their arm. They just overflowed with this generosity. And there was clearly something supernaturally happening because this stuff is not normal. There was something powerful happening in this community. And, and it must be... and and. And I've seen so many stories over the years of just incredible stories. I've just shared one about um, the people in Zimbabwe. And there's another amazing story I want to share. There's this great community, this church called Watoto in Uganda. And they just do incredible work working with children and vulnerable women. And we've partnered with them for many years as a church. And many amazing, generous Lifehouse people still today support individual children and we, we continue to partner with Watoto. But one year, they felt inspired to bless us as a church, which is incredible. They wanted to sow into Lifehouse and, and really help us, I uh, think, with a sound system or something. I can't remember the exact details of what they gave towards. But I remember two stories that came from that, um, that, that of them giving. I heard there was one person in the church in Watoto. They heard that they have an opportunity to give towards Lifehouse in Japan and they decided for the next month they will not they were going to walk to work instead of catch the bus and all the money that they would have used for the bus they saved up and gave towards that offering <laughs> that is incredible man that is such a beautiful uh, act of generosity and I heard another story that there was a person in the church that sold one of their couches and they used that money and they gave it towards the offering to help us in Japan and man that's beautiful so 
There's something, something that happened in the beautiful people of Watoto. There's something that was going on in the hearts of the people in Zimbabwe. There was something happening in the hearts of these people in Macedonia. And, and I really, and I think in this scripture, there is, uh, it gives us a glimpse into what it is. And so my first point today is that generosity is grace-fueled. That's what it is. It's grace-fueled. It's not generosity as a follower of Jesus is never from a place of guilt. It's never from a place of like, oh man, I, I think it's the right thing to do. No, no man, it's a grace-fueled generosity. And, and 2 Corinthians 8, 7, so a little bit further down, Paul writes this. He says, but, but since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love that, that we have kindled in you, see it that you also excel in this grace of giving. So Paul says grace and generosity are linked together. When you live in this grace, you are going to be a generous person. And then verse 9, he explains this grace. What does Paul mean by grace? Verse 8, I mean, I mean verse 9, says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though He was rich, Yet for your sake he became poor, so that through his poverty you might become rich. And this is the grace that Paul is explaining. So let me unpack it a little bit. So he says, even though Jesus was rich, and so as a follower of Jesus, we believe that Jesus is God. We believe that everything in this whole entire world was created by Jesus, it was created through Jesus, and it was created for Jesus, including you and I. So Jesus um, has always existed. He is the uncreated God. He is part of the Godhead. I know this may sound a little complicated, but just stay with me. So Jesus is this uncreated, um, all-powerful, all-knowing God, and yet we know that He became a man. And so He humbled Himself and He chose to let go of all of that and become a man. Why? For your sake, for my sake, because you and I were living in poverty, spiritual, emotional poverty because of our mistakes, because of the things that we did wrong. We uh, had to carry our sins. We carried, we, we carried a curse upon us. And Jesus became a man so that he could take upon himself our sins. He could take upon himself our sicknesses, our curse. And that's why he died a death on the cross. And he took on himself all of our pain, all of our sin, all of our sickness. Jesus took it upon himself. And that's, he took upon himself our poverty so that now those of us who believe in Jesus receive forgiveness. We receive acceptance into the household of God. We receive eternal life. And this is something called the divine exchange. We give Jesus our sin. He gives us his perfect righteousness. We give him our sin. He gives us... Uh, his forgiveness. We give him our sickness. He gives us healing. We give us. We give him over our death, and he gives us eternal life. This is what Paul is saying: is that you know the grace. This is what this grace is all about. It's this beautiful exchange where we have. It's not an equal exchange. We give Jesus all of our rubbish, and he gives us all the rich blessings of God. And so, the churches in Macedonia, the churches in. Um, in, in Watoto, the people in, in, in Zimbabwe, the people in, uh, in, in all these different places had experienced 
this incredible grace and therefore the natural um the natural response is an overflow of generosity. Once you've experienced the generosity of God, once you've experienced God's generous blessing on your life, the natural response is to overflow with generosity to other people. And secondly, that leads to my second point, is that this community had surrendered all to Jesus. I love this in verse 5. It says, And they exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves first and First of all to the Lord, and then by the will of God, they also gave themselves to us. And so we see that this church, these community of people in Macedonia had experienced that grace and that caused them to surrender everything to Jesus. And this is what it means to follow Jesus is that you get to a place where you understand that God has given you everything, everything you have. You were created by God. You have been forgiven by Jesus. You have eternal life through Jesus. Everything we have is because of Jesus. And therefore, my natural response of worship is, God, I want to give it all back to you. And it's not because I'm trying to pay God back. I'll never be able to do that. It's just, God, I'm so grateful for all that you have. So I surrender all to you, including my resources. And God, here it is. I'm open-handed. I'm ready to give whatever you want me to do. I'm not giving out of guilt. I'm not trying to pay God back. I'm not feeling... Uh, it's an obligation to give. Um, it's just an overflow of thankfulness. God, I'm so thankful for what you've done. You've saved you, me. You've healed me. You've forgiven me. I have eternal life. And so my natural response is to overflow with thanksgiving to God. And that's what these people were experiencing. And so I want to encourage you, Liz. Um, this is the foundation of giving. The foundation of giving as a follower of Jesus is I've experienced grace. I have been blessed. And so therefore, I'm going to overflow with generosity. I'm going to overflow with, um, with blessing to other people. It's not, oh, I feel guilty or I have to do this. Or if I don't do this, God's going to be angry or that. It's not that. The foundation is grace. And so that's what Paul was trying to help this church in Corinth understand and then the next chapter he shares a few principles of giving so I just want to finish with these principles verse uh, 2 Corinthians 9 verse 6 to 10 remember this whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly and the one who, who sows generously will reap generously each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give not reluctantly or under compulsion for God loves a cheerful giver and God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things at all times having all that you need you will abound in every good work as it is written they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor their righteousness endures forever now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. I want to share four principles here that quickly that Paul shares about generosity. So the foundation of giving, the foundation of generosity is grace. We have received so much from God and it's an overflow. But yes, some four principles. Number one is if you sow generously, you will reap generously. It's a powerful principle. If you only give a little, you're only going to receive a little. But if you give generously, you are going to receive generously. Number two is decide what to give. 
Nobody's going to decide for you. Nobody, um, God has blessed you with resources and you make a decision what you're going to give. It's not, uh, the church is not telling you to give. Somebody else shouldn't tell you to give. Some emotional video about poor people should not tell you what to give. You should decide, God, this is what I want to give into this situation. Number three is when it comes to giving, give with joy. Not reluctantly. It's not like, oh man, this is, it's like, God, thank you for the privilege of giving. Giving should always be an overflow of joy. And number four, the fourth principle is God provides you with food and with seed. I think this is so important is that Paul even writes, he says, God is the one who provides for you and me. So when you get your paycheck, when you uh, receive um, your, your money, Whatever your resources are, you need to understand that part of that, obviously the first 10% belongs to God. That's your tithe. And the remaining 90% is made up of food, which is basically your basic, your daily needs. God provides for that. Your bills and your food and transport and housing, all the things that you need. But within that 90%, there's also something called seed. And the seed is not something you should be eating. Seed is something that you sow. Seed is God gives you something to sow uh, for the future. God gives you something to sow into, into somebody else's life, into somebody else, so that you can see life and growth there. And so I think that's such a great way to understand. So when you receive your paycheck or whatever it is, first 10%, that's yours, God. I'm going to tithe, give that in my local church. The remaining 90%, there's food. Maybe 80% of that is for food, your bills and all of that. But maybe there's another 10% or whatever that is. You decide to understand that that's seed for you to sow. And so I want to encourage you, come. Being a follower of Jesus is a life of generosity because our God is so generous. We have been on the receiving end of generosity, forgiveness, and healing, and eternal life, and acceptance into the family of God. We live in grace, empowered and transformed by grace. And so the natural response is for us to live lives of generosity. That's who we are as followers of Jesus. And so I want to I I say, let's take some action today. Uh, we have this opportunity to, to give this uh, we, the, we have an opportunity to give today over this next few weeks towards uh, partnering with Tejas Asia. So Tejas Asia, Asia is a leading registered nonprofit organization fighting global poverty based out of New Delhi, India. And through the Tejas Hope School community-based model, they run um, quality educational programs that help prepare these underprivileged children, the children in the poorest of the poor, uh, for the government schooling entrance exams so that they can get great education. The result is that these children are given a hope and a future. Jeremiah 29 11, these children are given a hope and a future and they are being rescued from the streets of New Delhi and protected from child labor and exploitation. So it's an incredible work that we get to partner with. And so I want to I wanna give you, uh, I want to call you to do three things. Number one, I want you to think and pray. I want you to think and pray about what can I give. So if you're married uh, and, or have kids, why don't you chat this through with your family? Why don't you discuss uh, what can we give? Or maybe you're single. Uh, you can make that decision. So number one, decide what you want to give. Number two, uh, or that's number one is, sorry, number one is think. 
Think and pray. Ask God what you need to give. Number two is you make that decision. Nobody's going to make that decision for you. Nobody, we as a church will not make that decision. Somebody else won't make that decision. You make that decision. It's between you and God. You make that decision. Number three is give with joy. As you give, you give with joy. And we know that this finance that we are sowing into Tejos is going to have an incredible impact on those children's lives. And so, man, we have such an incredible opportunity to give. So I'd love to pray for you right now. I would pray that God would speak to you, that God would lead you as a church. And I want to pray for Tejos as well, that, that, that they would continue to do an amazing work over this next year as they um, impact so many wonderful kids. So Jesus, thank you. First and foremost, we just take an opportunity to thank you. Thank you for all that you've done for us. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for, because of you, we are accepted in the family of God. Thank you for your healing. Thank you for the the gift of eternal life. We just, out of this place of thankfulness, God, we want to sow. We want to sow generously into Tejas, Lord. I ask that you come and speak to every single one of us and help us to see what Uh, help us to see the seed that you've given us that we can sow into this incredible opportunity in Tejas. And God, we pray for Tejas, Asia. We pray that that you would um, pour out your blessing on them in such an incredible way that, God, that they would continue to make a great impact. And every one of those kids, Lord, would, would experience the hope in the future that you have for them, Lord. We're praying for many children to be rescued and, and, and empowered to get into the education system so that they can have a great hope and a future. We pray for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And I'd love to pray for one more group of people. Maybe this church stuff and generosity and Jesus and all of this stuff is new to you, but I want you to know that you can also have this, you can also experience this grace, this grace that I've spoken about today, this, the, the grace of God's forgiveness, the grace of God's healing, the grace of God lifting off the shame from your life. You can also experience that as you make a decision to follow Jesus. And so maybe you want to make that decision today. And I'm going to, in a moment, I'm going to count to three. And what I want you to do is just to make a decision in your heart to say, yes, I want to follow Jesus, and then I'm going to pray for you. So here we go. One, God loves you. Two, He's got a great and amazing plan for your life. And three, if that's you, make that decision right now, and I'd love to pray for you. Awesome. I'm going to pray for you right now. Jesus, thank you for these amazing people. Pray that you come into their life, that you forgive them, that you fill them with your love, and that today they would experience the new life and the grace that you are giving to them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Well, it's been such a joy to share the Word of God with you today. And come, let's continue to be a people that overflow with joy and generosity because of what Jesus has done in our life. Have an awesome rest of your week. Thanks for listening today. We hope that God was able to speak to you through the message. If you consider Lifehouse your church home, or if you were blessed by these messages, then why not consider generously supporting us? Simply go to mylifehouse.com give and find the giving way that works best for you. Have a blessed day and we'll catch you all next time.